0: Recorded in the darkest dungeons of the Basement of Death studio, Josh, Troy, and Ty present a show dedicated to bringing you, the listener, into the adventure right along with them. Pick up your sword or load your bolt gun, but don't forget your helmet, because it is time for some playin' and slayin'. From the B.O.D. studio, it is playing and slaying. On tonight's episode, episode number 32, we're going to talk about some very exciting stuff. We're going to talk about what we've been playing, building, if you're not me, purchasing, <laughs> and then a little bit of a run-through. This is a pretty jam-packed Kickstarter segment on tonight's show, so I'm pretty excited to see where we're dropping uh, dropping Benjamins. <laughs> <laughs> then uh, we're going to take a little bit of time talking through Quantic uh, Foundry's gamer uh, gaming motivation profile. We each took time to take a little uh, gaming personality test and find out why why we play games and what we look for. So we'll kind of dissect each of our profiles, talk a little bit about that. And then we will wrap up with a Play It or Slay It review of the uh, recently delivered kickstarter backed game call to adventure um we've each had a chance to play that so we'll do a little review of call to adventure anything else we're covering on this episode or is that a a good enough uh, preliminary
1: Oh, the red wedding oh
0: yeah yeah this is affectionately (laughs) been titled the the red wedding episode not sure why there's maybe a wedding coming up (laughs) in six days all right So when you're playing in slaying or getting married, it is important to stay hydrated. Mm -hmm. So what are we drinking tonight?
1: I have a Lakefront Brewery Fixed Gear American Red IPA. It's delicious. It's a staple here, and uh, I like it a lot. Fixed Gear's
0: good. Mm -hmm. Lakefront's good in general. Indeed. pre adepticon, I met Dan for a a beer there to talk about our Mm -hmm. our team tournament, and I forget how good they're... uh, their location is to just go in and sit and have a few
2: especially from dance yeah, yeah i mean you just he looks like out his boards it. and he's there you, nice yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right troy i'm disappointed
2: no well i i am drinking a virgin monster energy drink at the moment um earlier today i did have lakefront brewery uh is it pills they're um just their regular lager i think mm-hmm. yeah so i had that with dinner as they were grilling out um, before it started pouring all right, So I, I I was supporting our local brewery. so That's acceptable. I am
0: in the honor of Will Conway. I am having a Captain Conway, Captain Morgan, and Zevia Cola. Lots of ice. It's wonderful. Um, I know Will is a big fan of Zevia, so I, I can't wait <laughs> to drink a Zevia with him when I see him next.
2: And he likes it when you drink them cold. Yeah, cold, cold Zevia. Mm-hmm do we do you know there there's a story at adepticon were you guys there when he I think raged he raged out about xevia uh he took it out of my hand <laughs> and i believe dumped it on the floor of the hotel wow <laughs> um, i missed he, that no you oh well that was there that was saturday night a lot of things happen yeah saturday night, so yeah well, <laughs> it was it pretty fun i missed it a lot was of saturdays good saturday. <laughs> but it was almost empty you know he was just he was just making sure i was done and i could he really he wanted me to get to a beer you know he's sure like, so he was just helping, helping me. me out help yeah. me out yeah get there pouring it good. out for the homies Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: all right so other than drinking zevia uh what have we been playing um we've been getting some uh brew city brawl practice games in i believe yeah yeah, yeah it's a good thing with the tournament coming up yeah um
0: and it's your guys' first kind of two dayer,
1: yeah. So
0: what? Uh, what's the mindset going in when you're looking at these practice games? Is it learning armies? Is it just getting used to the the scenarios? What What's the
2: mindset of a uh, prep? So mine is just like remember more than 50 percent of my rules so i think i'm getting closer to the 85 <laughs> percent range um on that so it's just yeah me it's it wraps with the army um getting i've played some of the scenarios but i mean now what there's like 18 right so like familiarity with the scenarios definitely makes a difference um and i mean the crucial thing is just really i what i've been getting at is just practice and i keep having one mistake at least a game of yeah, I mean, Age of Sigmar is all about movement and and placing of models and how, yeah, and even spacing. the and even the like deployment like have to, right you can make or break the game with deployment. Um, and I am nowhere near right any, having enough experience, but I'm just trying to try different stuff and figure out where, especially learning after the fact. Like, oh, here's where I should have done. Like when I played Utah, there's like one thing. Like, oh, I should have been a little smarter about thinking where where was he going to come in and how could I have screened that off. Um, last night with Josh I'm like I, I did really good like here's my screen whatever but I was an inch too close and part of that was also familiarity with other armies mm-hmm. um, I mean if I would have known Josh's army a little better I would have been more careful with how I did stuff um, but now I know so that's practice right So, what do
0: Kernoth hunters do at the end of combat
2: <laughs> um, they roll a die and it's never a 4 plus because I always forget to roll it Yes, but they stomp. And <laughs> right. Attempt to do more wounds. They do. Yeah. Thank you for that. Mine don't. Seven, mine never. Seven,
0: seven straight combat phases.
2: Yeah, and I did last night too. I don't think ever, but I don't know that my Kerneth hunters. No, I don't think they ever survived. Like they didn't. I don't think they were actually in in a combat or actually got to roll it. But correct. Yeah. So I, I just always assume that I that they didn't roll a four plus and, because. And I Josh is playing it. an army. You don't need the practice with a guy
0: just won um a tournament. With uh, a flesh eater's list, it was his first tournament, and he podiumed. Wow! But they're fine; they don't need it. A- yeah,
1: they don't need an F- <laughs> epic. <Yeah.
0: laughs>
1: um, yeah, I guess that'll sort of. Lead them. <laughs> so I'm, I'm learning uh, flesh eater courts. I, after hearing Ty and Bryce and Tommy and whoever talk about. uh how good they were and I had I had seen um, and we'll talk about this a little bit in Hobby but I had seen a, a conversion of bretonians into ghouls um, out on the interwebs uh, and I thought that looked really awesome and I'm like okay well maybe this will be my, my next army and I'm like well, what's the next tournament I'm playing in Bruce City okay let's see can I do this maybe so uh, I'm i have a lot to do but uh i've played three games with them kind of proxying a few models i have some headless armless bretonians that i'm using as ghouls right now uh that will eventually be ghouls um i played two games with marlin and they both went well and i played a game against troy and and that was actually a really competitive game i thought real quick you played two games with marlin but how many turns three three turns three total turns yeah (laughs) two games um three turns he played a three-dragon list uh, of um, Stormcast. Why? I, I don't know. I, I, I told him like that wasn't going to be super competitive. Um, and he was like, oh, I think you know, I, I, it's something I want to try. And I'm like, that's fine, whatever. Um, he was either going to play that or a Gaff Bomb. And I'm like, play the Gaff Bomb. That'll be fun. And he came with three dragons, so that's fine, whatever. Um, turn one, the first game... The Ghoul King hit, fully buffed up, he hit two, his, uh, Celestin on, on Drakoth, or on, um, uh, Star Drake, and then his, uh, the other Star Drake, the, the, what's the other, what's the lower one? The yeah, the Templar. Templar, ago. yeah, right. And, yeah, I wiped out both of them, turn one. And he goes, um, okay, this is pretty much over. <laughs> like, fair so um, then we re and played again and got to turn two, and it's pretty much over after that, too. So, But um, playing against Troy last night, he did a really good job screening and actually gave him turn one because uh, I, I had the priority. And I said, you go first because we didn't know where the objectives were going to come down yet because they didn't come mm-hmm. until turn two. And so I was, like, trying for the double turn maybe um and yeah that you you screened really well the problem is one of my attacks is a three inch reach and he had his second line
2: a little too close so and you did roll three sixes and if you didn't roll the three sixes i still might have had a shot right (laughs) when he threw 18 mortal wounds in with the three sixes that was it that was kind of like oh this is going to not go well and i'm not
1: Mr. Power Gamer guy, I, this this no you are you've moved in. <laughs> you are not <laughs> there. I, but We're gonna revisit your gaming profile. This is a really later in the show.
2: That's true. It, this is foreshadowing, yeah. right? So we can revisit. Yeah. Feels really bad playing
1: like uh, this is not me. So, um, it's it's interesting. It's really interesting to play. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, I'm having fun with it, but I know other people aren't. Like Marlon did not have fun, and he was like he was okay with it because you know he knew what was coming but yeah he did not have fun so and i think troy i think you might have had
2: fun i had fun but I, i'm not. just i always like literally that one roll with the three the 18 mortal wound roll like yeah if that would not have happened and i still would have like because the game i'm like i don't know i would have won it but like that would at least i would have felt like okay i can still like right. fight back and and like we were talking i mean that again things have to tip but If I could have taken out two dragons, then it actually gets a little bit more because Durthu had a crazy, I I mean, you had the good role. I'll have to admit, yeah, Durthu Durthu had had a a great one because he single-handedly walked up, took out one dragon and sat on the objective, which actually that's the only reason that made it competitive through three turns Mm -hmm. is I was able to kind of be aggressive and I jumped out and made you score objectives at least to keep it. And then once we got to three, it's like... You, and I didn't have enough models left, and you were just going to camp on objectives. But, mm-hmm. um, but it was fun. Yeah, it was... I said, I learned. And like, and I had a high point. If, if, I think if Dirthu would have been south or whatever, then I'm like, yeah. well, I don't have any high point to talk about in the game. Like,
1: Dirthu nailed his shooting, no. and then he charged, <laughs> made his charge, and then totally crushed it with his sword. And yeah, so... That was a interesting. Uh, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I had never seen Dirthu actually do something... Really strong, like he's always been okay, like, but then he falls over, yep. and this time I was like, Holy shit, he was actually really good! So nice, nice man. Cool, how about you, man?
0: Yeah, so I hadn't really played much, so Tom and I got a game in, and the Stormcast, It's it's just not, I don't have it to the point where it really needs to be for it to be super competitive, so it's kind of frustrating because these games are a lot closer than maybe they should be. Um, but played against Tom. Came down to the bottom of five, and he swung an objective. He killed a Lord Arcanum, mm-hmm. took the objective one by one victory point. Mm-hmm. Similar to when Troy and I played, we did Place of arcane power. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of an uphill battle for me, and I blasted Troy. Ten Evocators, just did the lion's yeah, share the, of the work. That yeah, there was
2: one guy that killed
0: Drycha, killed three hunters, killed twenty dryads, and then held out for. <laughs> two turns they needed to win by a handful of victory yeah. points. So two two games that took the full the full time. Um and uh it's, you know, I just will talk a little bit in hobby. I just haven't done anything else. So it's, I'm going to I'm going to play them and <clears throat> you know, make them uh look a little bit nicer. So I'm working on some of the bases, working on making uh cleaning up some of the the models a little bit. So I might as well play them probably through the summer. So get a few more games in and try to go two and three. That's kind of my goal mm-hmm. with this. With this list is uh, maybe a three and two, but yeah. So two two games should have probably played more, but haven't uh, haven't spent a lot of time playing AOS of late. Getting pretty excited for Warcry though when that mm-hmm. comes out. I'll be diving into that. New models. Yeah. Um, I
2: think they write the. I can't remember what they called them, but the, they they do some new models. Was it yesterday before they showed off? Yeah, at just the, really really cool. I think Australian Open or something like that. Yeah.
0: But yeah, so a lot of AOS practice for that tournament two weeks away. Um, I don't know, maybe maybe get in a game that Friday night after setup or something, but uh, that's coming up soon and hopefully everybody still plans on making it i know everybody signed up paul and eric and marlon and Mm -hmm. you guys so hopefully nobody drops last minute
1: yeah i I just uh solidified the in-laws to take the kids (laughs) for for um friday night into sunday so sweet yes sorry i don't have uh wife guilt coming at me
0: excellent all right what else have we been playing D&D. Keep, oh, D&D? Have we? Or did you want to talk about it? No, one? D&D's
2: good. We can do D&D, sure. That's what we've been playing a lot. That's kind of what it's been lately, right? AOS yeah. and D&D. D&D yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, so you guys are um, making some good progress in the lost city of Omu, mm-hmm. clearing through the shrines, making friends with Red Wizards of Thay, going into uh, underground temple complexes filled with snake people.
1: The making friends with Red Wizards got a little hairy, though, because everybody wanted to attack them. Yeah. Uh, except for me. Uh, and maybe maybe Brendan. I don't know. Maybe Brendan was on my side, but...
2: Uh, I, I wasn't going to attack them. That didn't seem like a wise... No. No. It right, seemed like a good way to get killed.
1: Tommy and Bryce and... I don't know. Oh. Paul. Yeah. Paul was on that bandwagon, too. All wanted to, like... Sh- like shank them and i'm like guys we're gonna get blown no. up so at r- right now we're we're okay we're playing we're playing yeah. nice
2: so but it is i it, from a meta game perspective it is fun that we have yeah I mean, we have some like it's good because it's like who do we trust who do we not trust it's not just like running combat you know Yep. thing we have some political intrigue going on. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's stuff that we're making up or Ty's actually seeding it, I don't know. Like we might, <laughs> we, <laughs> we might just be ourselves making up this drama that really doesn't exist. um It's kind of funny, but it does add a fun wrinkle yeah, to it. Yeah. Everything, but yeah, yeah. In our latest stuff, I, I mean, as we've gone deep into the the snake people, like this feels like a movie at this point. Like mm-hmm. we all made like this did not sound like the brightest idea in the world. Like let's be captured and go in and then grab the thing and get out like yeah
1: and what what happened
0: um, to our friend Akachi the barbarian Josh? yeah
1: the barbarian so uh, there was two basilisks uh, and two uh, purebloods or whatever or, or what were they called the yonti kind of holding them and, and ready to attack with them and uh, it, it did work to one of them and mm. the I think I killed one Um, and maybe the first, um, the first eye blast, I think I, or the gaze or whatever it was, Mm -hmm. um, missed me, uh, for both of them and killed one. And then the second one, I, I failed my save or whatever. And, and turned it
2: twice. Yeah. You
1: you failed two Two constitution saves.
2: It's like, it was was all in your hands. With a difficulty
1: of only 12. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah, I think I rolled a ten and an eight or something, something stupid. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it was all it was all me. And so there's a really cool statue of a barbarian holding a flaming axe because the axe didn't actually turn because it's uh magical. Mag- magical,
2: yeah. The good news is you may actually survive.
1: There there may be a way to bring me back. I don't know.
2: Well, no, I'm just saying like when the rest of the party gets like wiped in this really bad idea we have of like mm-hmm. you know, as we left things. Who knows? Like, you could survive. Like, somebody in, in like, 100 years could come along and, like, oh, look, this guy isn't really a statue. He's whatever. They revive you, and, like, you continue on the story.
1: That would be sweet.
2: Yeah. And otherwise, if we do live, we'll probably try and find somebody to... To fix me? What is is great, though, is
0: you're serving a purpose because they Mm -hmm. used you to
1: barricade (laughs) the armory door. Yes. Yeah, I'm holding (laughs) the the door. door. Uh, against uh, what was in there, uh, uh, Bone Naga. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there were, they were pretty some nasty. other crazy stuff we skeletons. shouldn't be fighting either. Like, yeah. I
2: don't that so, we yeah. stole stuff from, like that. Now yeah, that's huh. right. Mm-hmm.
1: So Yeah, that, that was fun. And then that was kind of an epic way to, you know, I, I think I did some damage to the one uh, before dying, and then and then you guys easily dispatched the mm-hmm. the last basilisk. So, so yeah. I feel yeah. good. I feel good that I'm also holding the door for you guys too. So.
0: <laughs> I'm useful. Petrified barbarian. All right. I'm only assuming this is one of you because I would not play this game.
2: Not me. What? All right. Keyforge massive tournament. What? I didn't. Ma- I only made it to the quarterfinals. I didn't get invited. Um, no, because you don't work at where I'm working. <laughs> Fair enough. You could have a tournament at your work. I, I will. You just won. You just Congrats. Won. Yeah, there you go. Good job. Grant No, man. so we had um again, Keyforge has good traction at you guys work. Make it sound like I don't work anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I work from home people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't a comment about your work. It was a comment how many people are in your office. That's all. The amount of coworkers yeah, in right, your office right, location. Yeah. <laughs> Um, anyway sorry so at my place we have a lot of people a lot of it people and a lot of gamers uh and keyforge actually has gotten we've tried many different of the collectible card games and card games um and some people and they play them for a little bit and whatever keyforge has a little more traction um and then one of the guys at work actually put together uh, and he's like he knew there was a, whole, a lot of people who were interested and had decks and he put together a tournament and we ended up having i think 14 people start um, I think we got down actually 12 people that went through and we did, um, like a pool play round Robin pool play of pools of three. Um, and then the top or four, I think four, and then the top two came out of each pool. And then we went into a kind of sim- single elimination bracket. So, so I made it out of, uh, out of pool play at two and one, um, I ended up losing. I was in the same pool as Neil from work, Neil um, from work. and he actually he actually beat me. He, me, him, and I are both the ones that came out of our pool, and then we both ended up losing in the quarterfinals. Um, so we'll see. I think they still are playing the the. Sem- I think we have the semifinals and finals to go. Um, but it's been fun. I mean, some I had some epic games with uh, just people in pool play. Um, people playing, again, everybody's playing kind of their, what they think are some of their more competitive decks. But it's interesting against, um, I mean, my deck is very much trying to get board control, but you see other decks where it doesn't matter. Like the ones I lost, it's like, because the people I'm playing, they don't care. They just have cards where they're sucking, um, sucking amber from me. So in the one, the one I lost in the quarters, I basically get all the amber and they were playing cards that basically captured all my amber or stole it <laughs> so like i generated it they took it built keys and i ended up kind of losing that but uh and then i had a couple that basically came down to the end really epic like if i would have played one card he would built my last key or not so mm-hmm. um so having fun with it um i think they're actually for the final they might actually do um with, i can't remember what they call the mode but actually where you switch decks so you play um one match with your deck then you swap decks for the second and then if it's one and one at that point then you actually bid um, using the chain mechanic you actually bid chains to see what who's going to want to play which deck for the third is the kind of the match so and we may actually do that as if we play like another kind of tournament which kind of Mm -hmm. again takes the like a tie the wedding deck yeah right (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, which takes kind of the deck stuff out of it and makes it more of a player thing right and then Mm -hmm. and getting a read on what what uh what is in the deck so so we'll see i mean it's fun that it's glad that people at work are playing it and it's fun and it's nice that's a nice i mean you can get a game in easily in a lunch hour so it's it's a cool kind of work thing so awesome so, yep so it's it's been fun I, I, that's the only thing i reason i, I haven't played a lot of key, key Forge besides that but uh, if people are willing to play it i'm willing to i'm only I have my five decks i think i own three or four or four yeah mm-hmm. um that's all i bought i may buy some more when the new expansion comes out just to see what they're doing but what i have is enough so
0: awesome sweet all right how about hobby josh I know you talked a little bit about the the britonians you want to what was the inspiration for that where would that come from
1: yeah so um jamie the jasper uh he's kind of got some stuff out there um kind of known in the gw world um he has a website called realmofplastic.com. dot com. Um, I don't remember how I stumbled on his website, but um, I've you know I've seen him out there you know tweeting and and putting things out. Um, but he had a um, a war band for uh, what was hinterlands, and I know, I think that's kind of defunct now. But um, he did a, a war band for hinterlands called the Ravenous Pilgrims. Um, and so he took, yeah, like the old plastic Petronian models and added ghoul parts and kind of made these shambling, you know, full of blood and gore and really cool looking um, models. And then he did some heroes. One of them's got this kind of elaborate headdress and he's got like a little hobby horse with like what looks like a real horse head on the end of a spike. And But, it you know, it looks like a child's like hobby horse, you know horse head on a stick kind of thing um super cool like all of his models look awesome and i was like oh i would love to do something like that um for a flesh eater courts and then when you guys came back um i had that in my head you know from a couple months ago or whatever and then when you guys came back and said flesh eaters are are doing really well i was like oh maybe that's my next army and so then i started going down that path and found some guys selling Briton, like old Bretonians and they were painted terribly, and I had to like repaint them, basically, um, and rip the heads off, and rip the arms off, and working on ripping the legs off, and modeling it all together. So, I have a lot of work ahead of me still. <laughs> um, and, and as we speak, I have um, <laughs> forty-five or so ghoul heads on spikes because uh, I had to add necks to the ghoul heads um, behind me here, um, but. Yeah, uh, I painted up four terror geists, uh, you know, modeled, and um, actually one of them I bought assembled, but it was just primed, Um, but painted those up and built them and painted them, Um, did the, and one of the endless spells, and then did the uh, the throne, and yeah, so anyway, a lot still to do, but it's fun, like, it's... Kind of doing a conversion army and, and you know, kind of taking inspiration for you, from what you did, Ty, and from what, you know, Bryce has done and other folks. Like, doing mm-hmm. full conversion where you're doing, you know, a, a lot is, is, is it's, I don't know, seeing it kind of come together is, is really cool. Yeah. So,
0: yeah, definitely. Yeah. My advice to you is don't rush it, man. Yeah. I know it would be fun to bring it to Bruce City, but, like, don't compromise your, your vision to just get it on the table.
1: Yeah. But... I I have a little bit of time this week before your, your wedding, so I'm hoping I can set aside enough time this week, and then uh, I, I may forego. I had an idea for a a, a board, a uh, display board. I may just forego this display board completely and try to get it done in the next two weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, get the army mm-hmm. done, and then bring that. So we'll see. But again, yeah, I, I think I, I'll probably take your advice and. Not rush it if it's not going to be what I want, but that's that the, the goal is to get the army done. Mm-hmm. But we'll we'll see. So cool. Well, good luck. Thank you. We'll look for progress online. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right, Troy. What are your uh, robot minions producing?
2: Um, they're uh, just some random stuff. Uh, yeah. from I think you when you were over, you saw I did these trees from printedscenery.com yeah. that are um that are pretty cool. They might show up on a display board if I figure out how I want to do that. um, Or at least one of them, possibly. Um, And then I found some stuff from Corvus. I gotta think what they're called. Is it Corvus Minis? Corvus. CorvusGamesTerrain.com He's done, uh, starting to kind of put out some, we'd call AOS-type terrain. And um, so I grabbed them. Again, they were like three or four bucks for the file. And so I grabbed it. And so uh, one's kind of this cool tower. I mean it's a massive piece. Um so it's a really nice um something to throw on a table and definitely takes up room. And then the other one's kinda of like a, a ruin kind of um uh, looks a little bit like what's the the GW terrain set. Um I can't think what they call it where the it's just the Ezra ruins. Azeris ruins. It looks like kind of a blown up version of that a little bit. And I mean similar, not Thing, but uh, just kind of a corner piece i'm holding my hands up but like a corner piece of a building or yeah with a floor and with stuff, the floor yeah. yeah again a nice pretty big um footprint of it so it's mm-hmm. so i just ran those just for to have some more because i don't have a ton of like fantasy trains so i'm trying to just build up a little bit of that and mm-hmm. so i should put a little paint on those or something like that and like i said maybe i'll throw it on your table for Bruce city yeah so that we have uh, a nice table there, so so that's kind of it. Um, working on some other small things, just some like to do some uh, little measuring tools, like just the nine inch and three inch little tools. and then print out some. I guess see if I can do something like that because those seem super useful when you're playing. Yeah, the <laughs> yeah. nine inch sticks or are... yeah, yeah. See if I can do something cool for that, um, and then uh, actually doing some. Um, the um, miniature some trace, movement trace. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. stuff that actually Brendan was asking somebody had some that they're actually the ones that Brendan actually um, got designed and so threw out, no, cranking out a few more of those too for people. So
1: cool.
0: Very cool. And then uh since acquisition is hobby, I think me and you are going have these on uh Little pre-order
2: of the new Loon Curse yep. uh, box set. Yep. Thanks to Landmine over at Mini Stop over there. So. What a guy! <laughs> <laughs> He's swell. Oh, what a guy.
0: Um, yeah. So that that yeah. I'm excited about the box because I have this grand scheme of an undead wah, uh with a bunch of Squig Bounders and Loon King on Cave Squig, mm-hmm. and um, i got cool. I've got three models done <laughs> 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 out of the like sixty. Um, but yeah, so I started, uh, using the squig bounders and hacked the legs and the arms and the hollowed out the heads of all of the grots and then putting skulls in, putting skeletal hands, lances from like the lance arms from the black knights kit, um, skeletal feet. So I'm making skeleton grots for the, uh, squig bounders. So I'm going to use the, the, uh, gloomspite half of that box. And I'm sure Troy, you'll find a use for the Arch Revenant.
2: Yep. I was just going to think. What that <laughs> came. I couldn't remember what the heck his name was.
0: The, uh, That's a cool looking model with yep. the wings, the winged like Tree Revenant awesome. guy. Hero. Yeah.
2: Yeah. He looks. Um, again, it's just cool to add another hero in there for the Sylvaneth. Again, it's just kind of precursor when you get. When the new book comes out here yeah. sometime.
0: And um, so the the box has three Kernoth hunters, ten Tree
2: revs, I think. Yep.
0: And the hero. Yep. And then it's got the 10 squig bounders, a squig herd, and a loon king. So it's kind of like... yep.
2: And the other cool thing that's kind of out, I don't know if we talked about it, was for um, Warhammer Underworlds, they did a silver yeah. box set, which kind of gives you some alternate tree Those rev models. cool. models are really cool.
0: cool. So, yeah, so I, the leader's axe is fantastic. I just want like 90 of them because I want to do a white lion's army which, with all the axe halves but, from... Uh, or blades from that one model, <laughs> yeah. So I think Bryce and I priced it out. It's like a twenty seven hundred dollar <laughs> uh, project if you buy ninety you have to buy all those, um, <laughs> get it done.
2: <laughs> never, no, not no. a chance. Uh, just but just I stupid. might have added on all those new uh, Warhammer Underworld oh, sets cool. with the, from uh, Landmine when I put in the order over there. So <laughs> right, you couldn't just order the no. curse, right? Right. Yeah, no. It's not going to be enough.
0: Well, a couple months back, I spicy dealed a wanderer's army
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then i was sitting there and he put up a spicy deal for flesh eaters and i have already i have four of the zombie mm-hmm. dragon start collecting boxes and i had some bunch of ghouls and um i want to do another hobby project is a Night's watch flesh eaters courts um so like game of thrones mm-hmm. themed uh yeah. i think i'm going to try to do that for holy havoc next year um so I'm looking at conversions for all the ghouls to be like wildlings you know from north of the wall all the crypt flayers to be like rangers of the nights watch so I'll do like billing cloaks streaming behind their wings mm-hmm. and then a ghoul king on um on zombie dragon and obviously I'll do it like you know the night king and yeah an ice dead dragon so that's the after the squig undead I'm doing a lot of undead um, <laughs> a theme. stuff but uh so and I, I figure by then flesh eaters won't be the boogeyman anymore either so it'll be a kind of a slow grow with a lot of crypt players because i i really like the blister skin um, mm-hmm. grand court <clears throat> so i'll purchase but he had that up there it was three star collecting boxes the limited edition um Book. battle tome mm-hmm. the cards um you know so it was like 400 dollars worth of stuff or whatever 380 with whatever it was Mm -hmm. um for a ridiculous deal and i was like yep send it my way (laughs) super spicy send it my way i'll buy it (laughs) um but yeah so i need to get back to painting though and and modeling i've i've kind of taken a about a month without doing anything of significance other than staring at stuff or clipping stuff off a sprue (laughs) you know (laughs) Um, hobby has been on on the uh, the back burner.
2: Is a seating chart hobby? I
0: wish I crushed. It feels up like seating a, chart. feels like
2: a puzzle, right? It's kind mm-hmm. of a
0: yeah. Nicole's doing the line share of the work there, though. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm just like <laughs> okay, s- supervising. You- yep, looks good. <laughs> <clears throat> I did uh, I did spray paint some stuff um, for the the table number like holders mm-hmm. nice. the yeah. red right color of gold. They were too shiny, so. I... <laughs> Sprayed them with the gold, sprayed a thing for a centerpiece. You primed them? Edge highlight? I just, I sprayed, it was the, you know, the craft store metallic paint. Um, yeah. you put, put a wash? Xenial, Xenial highlight? Yeah. I, no, I just nope. did a nice even coat. Oil? No oil? Yeah, no. No washes? Wash. hmm mm. Just right out of the can.
1: Wow, look at you. Yep. That's uh, yeah, a wedding that's, hobby. That table. <laughs> All
0: right, Kickstarter. <laughs> what is coming the Kickstarter? <laughs> You're like he's he not playing, I know was playing playing you know, like I'd like to kickstart my wedding. <laughs> <laughs> you get to twenty thousand dollars, you funded the wedding and you can attend.
2: <laughs> uh, oh, man.
0: Um, so this first one, I'm not sure who put this on the list. Is that a Troy ad? Yep, a critical core, a critical pretty, core, pretty cool stuff.
2: Yeah, um, and it was a, a total as much as I what was that we go back and talk about what were my goals for the year of not doing crazy stuff on Kickstarter. Um, but then I see you see stuff like this um, and so to step back so critical core is really a, a tabletop RPG designed to help uh, kids with autism. kind of they had some experts kind of you know take our what we all know and love as you know kind of the d ish kind of thing and um, and build kind of a role-playing game that definitely had I don't know I, I didn't go too deep in it, but I assume like some of the characters and basically the quests that people go on, that are supposed to, again, and really help people with autism kind of engage with it, the social interaction, things like that. Yeah. And so it was, it was something like me where I'm just like, uh, you know, it's nothing I'm who knows I'm going to play. But again, part of the pledging was you could pledge and then they would give a copy to somewhere and something like that. So it, it just seems like something I wanted to support and, uh, and it was easy, right? This is something right in our wheelhouse. It is, and,
0: it is still up for pre-orders. Mm-hmm. Um, after the Kickstarter wrapped and funded, and, uh, what I think is really interesting is I, I think for kids in general, it would be good. Um, you know, it was mm-hmm. designed with a focus on, on the spe- kids on the spectrum, um, and that social interaction problem solving. But I think in, in what they also created, as I started looking at the stuff was a, an access point to, to RPGs for kids yep. around that, you know, conceptual age of eight to nine, um, where it can work on problem solving, I mean, it can work on communication skills, just a, a number of, you know, things like that that I, I think are are good skills that role playing games can can help develop. Um, so I mean I'm I'm tempted just from the standpoint of, you know, it maybe it's something yeah. that Landon and I mess around with at, at home, you know. Um, because D and D, I think there's an age point once you get 10, 11, 12, where it starts you know, being a little easier to to grasp and and tackle. Um, But I think there's some access points for storytelling and opportunities there just for kids in general that this game just nailed. It looked looked perfect for that kind of developing age of a child.
2: Right. And again, it's like $30 if you just want the digital version just to kind of get your feet wet. And then again, like I said, I feel like that money's going to a great cause. Mm -hmm. Um, And if they can Well, it's a a
0: non-profit org um that designed it and and put it out so they're not they're not in it to make money it's truly like you know occupational therapists we're on board with the design process and and other stuff so it looks really cool critical core all right the rest of this stuff is is not familiar to me who wants to talk about blood on the clock tower so blood
2: on the clock tower have you guys uh so this was a is it was a Kickstarter? I don't know if it's still open. There might be some pre-orders there. Um so this is I got this from I heard about this from the uh Shut Up and Sit Down guys, Quinn and and Matt. And my understanding it has it's one of these hidden kind of trader role games. Um but they just think it's they've just talked it up as a super cool thing. So it has some people will say like it's based on like the werewolf kind of thing, but there's nothing, no similar, like only in that you kind of have roles and that you put things down. Um, But there's a story, there's basically stories behind it and the, the whatever you call it, the the game runner uh, has a lot more options around what he can do. And you'll have people like a drunk and, and you can give him information, but at most of him, half of his information is wrong, but you don't know that because you don't know that this guy is drunk. But if you, you can figure that out, and so, uh, so there's a lot of bluffing and, and hidden role kind of stuff. Um, similar again, th- th- what they always say is like you kind of go back to the the core roots of like a werewolf type yeah. game to understand it, but nothing like but i don't have to sit
0: in a circle of chairs in the hallway at gen con
2: right with with two drunk guys walking by screaming (laughs) that guy's the werewolf yeah so again this is not again as i was trying to like not throw money at you threw money at stuff stuff like this just because i'm mostly because they just they said it was this is the the one of the coolest games they've seen yeah (laughs) all right so here's here's what i'm gonna do Mm -hmm. about a
0: month from now I'm gonna put a Kickstarter campaign up, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's gonna be a game that just touches on all these like awesome themes Isn't that it? Troy really likes. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna put it at like you know a hundred bucks to fund, mm-hmm. and then I'm just gonna make a game for Troy, and I'm yeah. gonna let him find it like organically <laughs> on Kickstarter
1: and back it, and 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 put at the bottom like all proceeds go to kids or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Helping the kids game. Mm-hmm. dot com yeah, yep. and we'll see how that many .dot org sorry. We'll see how many days it
0: takes for him to find it as he's kicking through. You know, board game yep. number twenty seven thirty two on Kickstarter, where you got to click load more, load more, load more.
2: Over under four days, <laughs> I say under. You, this you guys got me, but I, I would say if you're interested, check out Blood on the Clock Tower. The designers have a lot of blogs up there and things talking about different points of the game and will do a much better job than I will around um, And again, or listen to again shut up and sit down I think a couple things ago they did a review on it um, mm-hmm. and actually it was funny their latest episode they actually apologized for being so enthusiastic about it because they got a lot of flack because normally they don't review like Kickstarter games and things like that and so, this so what is, you're saying is stop listening to this podcast right now go and go, go listen to this. No video. finish ours and then you can always go on it's another <laughs> I'm one. I'm just kidding <laughs> I do like that one though. That's yeah, it's a good one.
1: Dude, train essentials. Train essentials. This one I'm jazzed about, and I missed.
2: What are you might you could check. I don't know. Sometimes they you can get a, might little be pledge a little yeah, might be late pledge in. Yeah, might be able to pledge. do like a late pledge pre order thing once they kind of get the pledge manager going. So okay. if if you don't know, most people who are on this listen podcast probably know this was um, Mel the the train, train guy, train tutor. Yeah. Um, his book. Uh, Dave Taylor is actually doing the production of it. Mel's doing all the content, um, had the Kickstarter running around the Adepticon time frame. Uh, it funded, uh, and, they're, and they're working on it. And uh, you can, uh, I, we'll let you know if you can get in on a late pledge if we see anything out there. But
1: Yeah, and uh, he did some sort of video blog shortly after mm-hmm. everything closed, and he was like so jazzed about how mm-hmm. interested people were. He's yep. like, I had no idea. <laughs> he's like, there's no way I thought this was going to be as big as it is. So he's, he was way stoked, so mm-hmm. I, I think that's super cool, because he gives so much to, like, he did all, all, so many free, you know, things on, on the web, and so I, I really wanted to get in to at least give a little bit back to him and see what he came up with for, for this, and I totally missed the window. Like, I I just failed. So, I'm hoping, yeah, there, there is a late pledge. I'm yeah,
2: and worst case, they'll be available at retail. Yeah, right. Um, just okay. like just like Dave's book is right now. The Army's, yeah. Army's, what, I can't remember what Dave's book's name is, but army's hordes and something else or whatever or army's somethings and hordes whatever the dave taylor book is so all right so did you get in on this next one ty
0: so i i'll be honest i think it's cool and i was excited for it but i didn't want to pay money because the content's going to be out there someday anyway Mm -hmm. uh but critical role insane 12 million dollars crazy number yeah just
1: bananas stupid (laughs) Bananas,
0: like we can't get clean drinking water in Flint, but we can get Critical Role twelve million dollars. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. I, oh. it's crazy. <sighs> it's good though. I'm excited. It's good. it be really it's good.
0: good. It's good for the hobby. It's good for yep. the the industry. It'll be a cool project. Yep. Um, but I'm I'm just kind of like,
1: <laughs> maybe they'll do it in Flint
2: and then. <laughs> donate some of the money to clean drinking water well it's just i mean it just kind of like i mean there are popular things in our hobby and then there's critical role which is just and and i like it's a weird like i don't know i'm sure we're not the first ones to try and try and figure out like what is all the things that have come together to make that as popular as it is that you know it's a combination of you know matt mercer and the other personalities i think and the timing and the game and, it, you, and have uh, C, you, know, you have this.
0: c-list like stars i mean mm-hmm. voice actors you have good chemistry because they were a group of people okay. that like each other and played together and then you have the backing of wizards and of you know like this the twitch community youtube there's there's a lot of things that came together and it <laughs> it keeps going it's absolutely yeah. insta- insane how how much money they raise, though yep.
2: Well, and you can even argue maybe even, like, Ashley Johnson's, like, legitimate Hollywood star, right? Like, she's almost Mm -hmm. in whatever B-ish, B-plus-ish star, right? (laughs) Yeah. Which probably doesn't hurt either, right? Um, Yeah, I don't know. It's pretty cool. And I did just watch the... I finished watching the one-shot they did of the old Vox Machina. After... Kind of after that campaign, they went back and did a one-shot to i won a bunch, yeah, so bunch of spoilers if you don't have an never i'm on episode that. 13 of the first all right like then i won't give you a lot of spoilers but they do something happens at the end where they leave one thread and so it was cool for them to go back and they did it in a as a live event um and it was that was like a four hour of one you know one shot adventure to kind of wrap up this thread that kind of came yeah. out of the end but it was all in the end you're like you know they're kind of like um like oh yeah they go off and this thing happens and whatever so you knew that things were going to work out in general but um, it was kind of fun to, mostly it was like to have that group back together from the original uh, box mock in a group and and watch it so
0: very cool uh, speaking of streaming and D and D the uh, fantasy grounds Unity project is up on Kickstarter so fantasy grounds is a virtual tabletop similar to Roll Twenty we play on Roll Twenty a lot um, and. Part of it is just personal preference. Um, I, I thought Roll20 offered you know, a few different options with the tabletop that Fantasy Grounds didn't at one point. Well, Fantasy Grounds has always had, a, it looks like, a little more luck with licensing. Um, they have a little more module content from some of the bigger companies. Um, well, this is their effort to kind of revamp and uh, bring features and things into Fantasy Grounds they didn't have before. Um, looks looks pretty cool. I don't know if it would make me, you know, switch over, um, <clears throat> but it is is certainly worth checking out if um, playing online role playing games is is your thing. Um, just to look at, you know, and, and they're adding some features that I think Roll Twenty already has, like dynamic lighting and some of the advanced fog of war stuff. That if you really want to to use in your games. Um, you can but uh, I saw that I probably won't back it just cuz I'm I'm going to stay I'm loyal sure. to roll that's 20 right. <laughs> uh, from the work I've put in there and the you know the, the time logged but um fantasy grounds unity is a, a project that is definitely worth taking a look at
2: maybe that's a future project is to do the complete uh, comparison of yeah, roll check, 20 check out both yeah check out both and I, my interest would be basically from a back end standpoint like how are they how do they actually build it what technologies are they built on how are they scaling right i mean because those things are probably going to be any apis
1: you can link into right right right, that kind
2: of thing it would be interesting maybe somebody's already done that wouldn't surprise me since a lot of us there tends to be this it gamer kind of overlap right (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah fulfillment fulfillment oh just a couple of of all these kickstarters that I just kind of like randomly throw stuff, every once in a while they actually give me stuff back. Unbelievably, like for my money, just <laughs> um, show up at your door. Just at my door. Um, the Expanse RPG kind of keeps uh, actually pretty quick turnaround on on that. Um, not physical products, but all the digital stuff. So a lot of the um, almost all the um, rewards and all the books um, from a digital standpoint are actually released. So like the maps and the character sheet and the dm screens and kit and uh, the rule book and and stuff are all available basically through like drive-through rpg digitally um while we're waiting for the actual print versions of stuff to come so that was it was actually actually a pretty quick turnaround which kind of means they had already you know they had probably worked through most of this stuff as a licensed product that probably makes sense too that they kind of had to have a lot of stuff in order yeah um before they before they released it um i don't i have not spent a lot of time reading it i kind of skimmed through that stuff and you're always kind of it's always kind of cool just to, to see it referencing from the show and things like that in the books um but uh, i'll have to kind of dig in deeper now that all this stuff is out there and my last one is kind of a fun one um i don't know if you guys ever um saw the war in christmas village um Miniatures, I think we covered this back uh, when I did the first one. When, when I did, did the first, first one, one. Mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah, then, so that. I finally got the second one, which is more like axe wielding snowmen and <laughs> um zombie Santa Claus people. And um, <laughs> so at some point, we need to I need to paint these people up, and they need to, We need to. This will be the next uh custom zombie side. Yeah, well, I think we need to have a zombicide scenario where these people like end up being accustomed. Oh, be a that would be cool. Yeah. yeah, That's my goal at some point. Now that I have these things, i got to right. actually use them. So, I like that. So, And I think they're out there. So they're kind of a really cute, again, if you're looking for some weird kind of miniatures in that kind of zombie Christmas, just weird stuff. Mm-hmm. So, uh, And they're plastic, too, so they're not like they're metal but um, that's, what's kind of cool and made it worthwhile because there's a lot of people doing just resin or metal, you know, all this stuff. The fact that they actually had a full plastic print run, I think they're, they're pretty good quality for what you get. Awesome. All right. Good deal.
0: Um, next up, we'll just kind of go through some of the things we're reading or reading or what reading or reading, uh, i'm losing it here <laughs> um reading or watching listening you to your wedding on the brain oh man my brain <laughs> is checked out like an hour ago um or or involved in so troy this i'm assuming is your thing because i know uh josh and i aren't doing fitness challenges
2: what but how come i can't see this is my goal to suck you guys in so um i don't know what's chuck's chuck, last name chuck moore chuck moore um put together this thing Stormcast strong. If you follow him on Twitter, I mean, he's very much into fitness and Mm -hmm. lifting and stuff like that. And beginning of may, he, they kind of put together, um, kind of a fitness challenge, but just, and and you say challenges in the right, like community building, community building, right. Like, um, and that started in, you could just sign for email and basically it's to put out, here's some workout plans and basically just to some accountability, right? Like any of these things. So, so I just threw my hat in there, uh, anything I can kind of do to, Um, keep myself accountable i also probably have another thing going at work too but this will be fun and it's good to see again it's always good to share it's cool to how he's sharing here's some workout plans and um, stuff i can steal from that and do and um, and again a lot lot of it is just if you measure it right it gets better it's kind of even if you don't. (laughs) it's amazing right if you actually have to tell somebody are you working out and Keeping track of your weight and stuff like that. It do good. So I think they're doing it like just six weeks. It's a stuff? six week thing. Yeah. Yep. Um. So just to get started, my guess is they'll be like, here's a start, and see how that goes, and then maybe do some things in the future that I don't know. Maybe some other people sitting at the table could get. You know,
0: get, you I know, could something. do like Stormcast, like maybe workout once a week. Strong. Yeah.
2: It's all. It's just anything.
0: I don't. I don't know that I'm going to get reforged anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but uh, yeah, definitely worth checking out. We'll try to link yep. to um, at least at a minimum Chuck's Twitter, uh, where you can see stuff and um, go from there. All right, so then uh, out there in the the blogosphere of the internet, yep. There was a review and, and recap of an individual's Adepticon experience. Yep, and, part and of that so
2: space I'm Hulk. not even going to. so Ty. Can you even? I can't even pronounce that. I don't know what word that is. Like sepulchre. Sepulchre. I'm glad you went. Sepulchre. That's a lot yep. better than that one. Sepulchre. Sepulchre of Heroes. So these guys it's played like in a our space. So or so like a
0: yeah. I don't some know Some type of holy
2: place. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of interesting. Um, so these guys played in our Space Hulk game at Adepticon. Sorry, we were bearing the lead on the whole thing. Um, <laughs> so the <laughs> Sepulchre. <laughs> uh, and they basically they have a, a, a podcast, I think called uh oh, I gotta get it right. Allies of Allies of Inconvenient Podcast. Um and then their kind of their blog is called that name that Ty just did. Um, and they had a, a nice, um, they kind of covered their whole Adepticon experience. And experience. Uh, but when they were there, they kind of said, hey, well, well they, they had a good time. And they said, hey, we're definitely going to put this on our thing and talk about the podcast. They had some really nice pictures, um, better than anything I ever take, because I never remember to take pictures of my game when I'm actually running it. Um, so I just want to thank them uh, for, again, saying nice things, having a good time, and uh, taking a lot of really cool pictures, because I'm going to probably ask them if I can steal some of those and... Yeah, they use did. them on our shots, so they they, they did just have some good, good good. Yeah, shots. I don't know why I can't know what camera he was using in order, but they came yeah, out pretty good, nice. Yeah, um, and then also the same thing. Just want to say thank you to the guys from Independent Characters that played too, because they again they always have nice things to say when they were. I think uh, I think Jody was and when they're on one of the latest episodes um, that he played, and of course had some nice things to say. So happy to uh, always happy to do it, and happy when people are happy about running. So. So, um,
0: Gen Con event list got published today. Um, I got a text message from Dr. Gabe uh, with a event description that probably single handedly convinced me okay, maybe I buy a badge. <laughs> now, if I don't get the event,
2: <laughs> then you can return it. Then I can return it whatever. for credit yeah, for next year. <laughs> um,
0: but Cubicle 7 is going to have some of the new Age of Sigmar role playing game sessions uh, that they're running. Um, which I, you know, I'm very interested in because Warhammer Fantasy Role Plays is, is such a solid rule set. I'd love to see what they're going to do with the Age of Sigmar uh, IP, um, and they have several sessions of that. So uh, the Gen Con event catalog is is out there. Pre-registration is Sunday the nineteenth, eighteenth, something like that. Yeah, uh, so two weeks out, um, which puts it during. Right smack during the, the tail City end of on. round one of Bruce mm-hmm. or round four yeah. of Bruce City on
2: Sunday. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be check the Wi Fi, see <laughs> or have have some. Well in the end like now, right, it's just your wish list. So all you gotta yeah. do is have your wish list, have the wish list locked ready and loaded and then and you see just, where you yeah, get. And yeah. just fire it off and then you go.
0: Um but yeah, so that, that is coming up and that is always fun to see what games are being run and what you want to do or sign up for and not
2: get a ticket for. Um, so, and while you're oh, on that, account. I didn't put it on here. Um, is that the Nexus, uh, Nexus game fair, which is first week of June. Um, their event, well, I think went live today, uh, event registration was mm-hmm. up there. So I haven't even, I haven't looked at it where I'm running some stuff on that Saturday. Josh might be helping me, but he's not Camille yet. Yeah. So we'll, but we will be doing something there on that Saturday. Um, so sign up if you want to play Zombicide with us. Yeah. Or at least me. I'll be around. I can help.
1: There you go. Yeah. yeah. There'll be two of us.
2: Yep. We're not sure which two.
0: Maybe three. All right. So also what we do is some reading. Um, I've been doing a lot of reading recently. Uh, about a week or two ago, um, Gav Thorpe, some of the other Black Library authors, uh, we're tweeting because uh, there's a science fiction fantasy writer, Gene Wolfe, who mm-hmm. was very popular in the '70s and the '80s, I think, mm-hmm. um, who passed away recently. And they were talking about how influential he was in the lead designers and the creative mm-hmm. minds behind Warhammer Forty Thousand. Um, and they mentioned one of his book series. Um, I can't think of the name of the series now, but the the first book or two is collected into a volume called the shadow of the torturer and it takes place on a kind of post-apocalyptic earth um and follows a story of a young man who's uh he's a apprentice in the torturers guild um spoilers well i mean that's how it starts that's the that's
2: but you don't spoiler. really know that it's like
0: you know like, what it's you know uh, that well kind of You know where he is. The first chapter talks about being an apprentice.
2: (laughs) Right. No, I'm the post apocalyptic part. Uh, well, you a get little a feel bit.
0: You it. get a feel for it when you look it, right. at the cover yeah, of the yeah, book. You yeah, get a feel for yeah, it, yeah, and it's described but, as. But it is like one of the like. This is the, unreal. Yeah, yeah. He can tell us what Primark dies in the 32nd book of a series, and I can't give a general setting.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just. Some people will. Some people would call it because it. I believe it is like one. It is one of the, like in the book there is like the like when they kind of when you kind of like oh yeah this is post apocalyptic. Like it's a little bit of a reveal in the in the book. This is fantastic. <laughs> Who did Fulgrim kill? Um, no, Ferris no. Manus. God. Spoiler.
0: Spoiler so I've been, I'm almost done with uh, The Shadow of the Torture. Horace um, dies. <laughs> 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 um, it's it's interesting. So, so
2: how far are you? I'm we'll have to do this room. I have, you know, about halfway I have maybe probably.
0: 40 minutes left. Oh, you're ahead you're by a little bit. Um, it's weird. It's uh, I'm hearing bits and pieces where I go, "Oh yeah, okay, that makes sense." Like, um, they use the term. There's a character Talos, Talos, T A L O S. Like, there's a Talos, like the Dark Eldar. Mm-hmm. There's reference to an autark. an autark yep. is, you know, a, a position of nobility okay. that. I've never heard outside of the 40K universe, but they reference that. So, I mean, there are terms where I'm like, "Okay, that makes sense." Right. Why they ha- use that language in 40K, knowing now that this book had a lot of it. Um, it's it's a little strange, though. We can we can share kind yep. of our, our thoughts off off yeah, the mic, here. but yep. um, it's it's hard for me to get into because it's it's clearly like when he was writing it was a different style of science fiction yeah. than we get now different style of fantasy. Like,
2: yeah, I'm, yeah. I mean, briefly I'm enjoying it, but it's not something that I'm like, like, in, like super engaged to. Yeah. where it, what I'm doing is I'm like, I'll, I'll listen and then I'll listen to a podcast and I'll come back and I'll listen some more. And I'll, so I'm not like engaged enough. Like I have to know what the next thing yeah. is, but I'm enjoying it enough. Like in my morning commute, I'm going to listen to the book on my way in. Right. And I just kind of, i um, working my way through it and i'm enjoying it i haven't been i haven't, there's been parts when like i can always tell if i have to feel like i have to speed it up <laughs> if i'm listening at like two two you know two x that means like i'm getting bored um, and i haven't i've been you know engaged when i'm listening to it so it's probably a solid you know it's whatever a solid three five at this point and i get as i it'll be interesting as i get to the end yeah um
0: all right. Um, speaking of 40K authors, is this Gav, Gav Thorpe's new book
2: here? Uh, so, Gav Thorpe, so Our Martyred Lady, was the. It's an audio drama. It's a full cast audio drama. okay. It's kind of the equivalent of what was the Age of Sigmar one with um, the dwarf guy? Godric and Felix. Yeah. But what was I can't remember. They just did one right for Age of Sigmar. I can't remember what the name of the. Uh, the oh, we we'll David look. Blessed. Blessed. Brian Blessed Brian Blessed was in that I can't think of the name of the title list Um, so I think this was kind of that version for 40k like it's like a story um, so full Um, and what so Armored Lady you have uh, Catherine Tate who's I think fairly famous person if you're in the UK Uh, Emma Gregory uh, also um, pretty well known voice actress Um, so you have Celestine as one of the lead characters and then you have uh, what's her name? I can't think uh the inquisitor Grayfax as so uh which is really cool and for 40k to have two like female leads in an in a book yeah. is is pretty cool um and it's uh it's an interesting story. I, I think you it's like 4 hours long kind of that you know mid-length audio drama, uh, full like sound effects kind of stuff. Um uh, interesting story Gav I mean went through an interesting uh, something fairly major, um, in the 40 K universe. Um, and then it's just cool to see Celestine, like not just as a, you know, big warhammer on the table, right. <laughs> but actually as a character and interacting with people and, and her motivation stuff. And she has some pretty cool, there's some really kind of cool scenes. Cause in the end, she's a superhero, right. Um, and in, in a, in a more universe of superheroes, she's a super superhero. Uh, so that's, that's pretty cool. It does suffer a little bit from the audio drama, um, unlike they did with the fantasy ones where they actually had, um, I can't think of uh, of Toby, they had Toby Longworth actually as a narrator in the book so he could describe scenes in between the voice. This is pure voice actor all the way. So you end up with this kind of weird thing and, you know, you give, like you have characters describing, it, 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 as they're talking, describing what they're seeing just because right because you're mm-hmm. doing an audio drama so there's a couple of you know places in there where it's a little um not know a little clumsy i think in terms of trying to describe the action um it's like oh look at that building exploding and bursting into flames you know <laughs> kind of thing but uh but overlooking kind of just the the mechanics of how do you do an audio drama um it's uh it was it's a it's a fun read uh four hours available on audible so you can get it for a, a credit and. Uh, if you're in the 40K and kind of want to see the uh, women of 40K in uh, in uh, full, uh, full display, I would recommend it.
1: That's cool. a good take on that Troy Weiss in the black shirt with Independent
2: Characters logo on it. What, we can't wear other podcast t-shirts now? No, I'm just describing... Oh I, it? I get it. oh, I get it. I get it. Wow. I get it. That's that went good. way over
1: It's real good, but you guys yeah. missed it. No, that no, was really that good.
2: That was good, though. That was so good. You that surprised we missed me. It. Yeah. Thanks. That Thanks was so good. I, jumped out I
0: out. don't even want to talk about books anymore. I just want to talk about how good that observation <laughs> was. Um, so, riding the wave of female characters, I'm reading a new book from Sam Sykes. He's a fantasy author that I really enjoy. Um, he's kind of one of the younger, like contemporary guy is writing in fantasy um and the book is called seven blades in black and what is really i always like fantasy when there's a new unique way that magic is used in the world and this it, i haven't read anything like this um all mages barter with this some mystical lady uh the lady merchant gives them their power but they give up something to get that power. And it's called the barter with a capital B and that's how they obtain their, their magic. And then there's the empire, this Imperial group that uses wizards, this revolution that is no magic. And then this land between the scar where there are these like religious fanatics called the Haveners. um, And the woman telling the story is Sal, the cacophony, And she is a gunslinger with, like, a magical gun called the Cacophony. Um, And you start to hear her story, but it's all being told as she's uh, been taken prisoner and being interrogated by a revolutionary officer before her execution. So it goes from the room where she's being interrogated and telling the story to what happened to these people, and then the flashback to what happened as you get her interacting with the world. Then it comes back to the interrogation and you yep. get the exchange right. with her and this revolutionary officer. Yep. Um, so it, it's a very cool way of telling the story right. similar to like how Rothfuss did name of the wind yeah. where yeah. you're in the inn, kind of that
2: Arabian night. I, I um, love, I love, I don't, don't know. The same thing. I love a framing story. I don't know why there's yeah, so many books like that or something about where you have, a. Uh, yeah, a framing story, and then you go into the story, and then you come back out. And it's it's a thing. meaty book. It's like
0: six hundred fifty pages, right. um, and I'm I'm probably halfway through it. But it it might be the best book mm. I've read. I know I swooned over the builders <laughs> kind of last year. <laughs> uh, this this book is I'm I'm just loving it though. It's the setting is unique. Um, the way the story is being told, mm. everything about it is. And Sam Sam Sykes writes in this yeah. very kind of like joe abercrombie very visceral um very like um grim and dirty kind of like style um and it's and the the character is so sarcastic and she's popping off at the mouth (laughs) to this interrogator and like just she's she's a very interesting um character where it's not quite a protagonist she's kind of you get that like a little bit of an antagonist that you're, you're like cheering for. Um, but highly recommend it. Can't wait to keep keep trucking through that one. And that's Sam Sykes' uh, Seven Blades in Black. Cool. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Then we're going to talk about how I love conflict, Troy loves immersion, and Josh likes just relaxing at the game table as we go over the uh, board game motivation profiles of each of the three hosts. Welcome back. It is now time to really get into our heads and understand what makes us tick when we sit down to play a board game. Um, Now, just a few things to kind of level set. So quanticfoundry.com is the group that does this. Um, They've kind of correlated the results of however many thousands of people have taken this um, to put you into really a percentile. And uh, in different elements. So your profile, uh, when we talk about your board game motivation profile, takes into account uh, your percentile rank across a range of gaming motivations. So your scores are really based on how strong your motivations are relative to other gamers. Um, They go into much more detail when you complete the quiz and give you kind of what that means and how you pursue gaming. But you're asked a series of questions about what you look for and you know if you're playing a game with um a lot of cooperation like a co-op how does that make you feel and you rate it kind of on that one to five scale and you go through a number of questions then at the end you get this little kind of grid um with percentiles across kind of four key areas one being um interaction like conflict and uh social manipulation strategy um, versus like discovering different mechanics and things in the gameplay, immersion and aesthetics are at the bottom of them. Kind of moving around yep. the, the the I don't know the shape, the diamond. <laughs> and then on the the left hand side is the social fun uh, cooperation aspect. So and then it gives you a um, a category like a personality test. So my my description, my board game motivation profile is high conflict and independent. So what I look for in board games is I'm in the 89th percentile of conflict. I want to be opposed to who I'm playing against. I want to be, you know, either via combat or actions that interact with. I want player interaction in an oppositional way, which makes sense why I like miniature war games so much. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And then social manipulation Uh, in the 40th percentile. So what I thought would be nice is we talk about each of kind of those categories and where we score and how, how it makes sense. So for me, you know, the conflict is clear, the social manipulation, I'm a little shy of the middle, but kind of um, getting somebody else to, you know, bluffing, lying, interacting in a way that might change their behavior is kind of how I think of that social manipulation mm-hmm. piece.
2: And what was your, what's you on social manipulation? I'm,
0: I'm 89% conflict, right. 40% social manipulation. Awesome. So kind of middle of the road, but high conflict.
2: High conflict. Can we read this part? I like this where players enjoy taking hostile actions directly against each other. I it love it. Like tie. Yeah. <laughs> this could be stealing another player's resources are directly attacking and destroying their units and buildings absolutely where do you fall in scorched earth where am i um where am i uh so i I have like conflict at 30 percent
1: i'm at 48 so I'm, i'm middle of the road but where are
0: you guys on social manipulation
1: i'm 29 but it's funny because i like games like that so the fact that i scored a 29 i thought was interesting um, I always like, you know, kind of bluffing type games. Maybe I, maybe I enjoy them, but I'm not good at them. I don't know. I, or maybe I just answered those questions weird, but anyway,
2: yeah, I'm at 29. Yeah. I have like five. For manipulation. <laughs> Trey likes being honest. Yeah. yeah but I true. do like, I mean, I don't, I do like a, tr- I like a trader mechanic, but I don't like, like a negotiation or like a bluffing, like a, a pure where you're, kind of or auction like an auction game like, i don't know if that's kind of social relation but sometimes it kind of more of a bluff probably than auction but yeah, i think social um,
0: manipulation me is more lying getting somebody else the, to think the, you are on their side yeah. or you're doing right. something. like
2: the depl- like i have no desire to play diplomacy yeah. right like uh, so then the
0: the next grouping is strategy and discovery um so i scored a 52 percent in strategy so when i think of um developing you know, uh, an engine and and running with it, uh, and then discover learning new things, unmasking new ways to win. Um, I'm 59th uh, percentile. So Troy, do you have the blurb for the strategy and discovery?
2: Uh, so what's high strategy? High strategy enjoy taking on cognitive challenges. Right, that's building the engine. Games are a way to hone and test their intellectual abilities. Prefer games require thinking rather than randomness. Basically, I'm paraphrasing a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, enjoy complexity um, and mechanics that have a short and long term trade off, and longer game, longer shorter term games. Gamers who are low on strategy, hell, let be me. Uh, with, and me um, want a more relaxed gameplay experience where decisions don't have much long term, and enjoy the game on a moment to moment basis. So I only had fifteen. I don't know if that's really true. I think I like a little bit more. I think it all depends on the game and the time. Like I think it may be more situational. Like right, what mm-hmm. is because um, I can have a lot of fun with a game that is very kind of randomness just well, in that. But there are times when I do want. To, I'm happy to sit down and kind of with the right kind of euro. Well, I, I think and have it, so.
0: I, I think that you know, Josh, I'll kick it over to you for your strategy and um, discovery. But I think what is relevant here is. A lot of times when we're reviewing games or talking about things, Troy, you, you do say to enjoy Euro, you need to enjoy the theme. Mm-hmm. You need to be immersed in, in that engine, yeah. meaning something different. Whereas I will sit down and I'll look at a Euro game and just you could remove mm-hmm. the skin and just let me see the mechanics. And that's where the, the strategy yeah. comes in. I, I don't need it to be about something I enjoy. It can be about something I don't care about. Because you're enjoying
2: the me- the, figuring out the mechanics yeah. the puzzle of them yep
1: mm-hmm. yeah my uh i thought it was interesting i thought my strategy was going to be like, going to be a lot higher um and mine was at a 24 so um but discovery was at 89 so and that does make sense because games like seafall or games like um uh, gloomhaven you know where you're building that map and you're finding things and you're yeah that, i i totally dig games like that um, you know D&D, where you're discovering new places new npcs things like that um yeah so discovery is very high for me at an 89
2: yeah i had my discovery was 74 which is the uh yeah broad interest in rule sets mechanics whatever the uh the their verbiage is here for enjoy keep up with new game releases staying up to date with current meta i don't know if that's so much i guess i mean i guess that's why I Cruise Kickstarter too much. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Gamers who score low on Discovery prefer more traditional, family tried, true and tried, true, tried and true game mechanics. Um, Do you guys have your, do you guys see your need to win? Mm -mm. Oh, because if you have your full, if you have your full, um, your full, yeah, it has the need to win percentage too. Mine is, 22 percent i'll
0: i'll look i remember mine being high i remember i remember mine being like
2: 70 to 80 um but i just have the the general i think it just gives it it doesn't put that on the chart but it has it Mm -hmm. in in the full
1: i remember mine was middle of the road like 50 or something so
2: yeah i get grumpy when i don't win
0: (laughs) i don't like games where i don't (laughs) win um so then the, the bottom of the spectrum, though, deals with immersion and aesthetics. And we, we spend a lot of time talking about that. And I think theme really falls into this area. Mm-hmm. You know, What are you looking at? Uh, from an immersion standpoint, I was in the 60th percentile, so um, relatively high. Aesthetics, though, slightly less uh, 44th percentile. So, it, you know, it kind of fits with what I look for. Theme, theme is important, but it is not necessary for me i can't enjoy games that look like garbage um, as long as they're a good game mm-hmm. um because i can kind of separate um what what i'm doing from a gamer to what i'm doing for entertainment i think is how i think about that
2: sure josh yeah,
0: what about you for immersion and uh aesthetics
1: so i'm uh 47 for immersion so yeah um kind of like you would not as it doesn't have to be an awesome IP or something that I'm, you know, have to dive into. But eighty-three for aesthetics, and I'm, I'm assuming mm-hmm. that's talking about like, you know, um, art and yeah, visual appeal, right? Yep. Yeah, so making it, yeah, make generally check all your boxes, yeah, no. exactly. He likes yeah. that. aesthetics. <laughs> like
2: uh, people who are high in aesthetics like high quality components that strongly reflect the theme of the game and setting. Uh, for them, amazing artwork and beautiful components are particularly important.
1: Yeah, I I would agree. I I, I do like you know some of my favorite magic cards uh, right. don't have to be like super bomb yeah. cards, but having awesome artwork they have this on cool them. Art.
2: Yeah, right. Cool. Yeah, I'm like immersion them sixty or fifty nine. Uh, An aesthetics. I was seventy one, so I think we're all we're all seem like we're in similar areas, mm-hmm. uh, relatively uh, high.
0: Yeah. yeah. What What's cool about this too is the little triangle that it draws mm-hmm. for you. Well, mine's a triangle yeah. because I have nothing on the left side of the uh, <laughs> the the bracket that we're about to move yes. into. Um, so social fun and cooperation. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I like I like the social aspect of gaming, but I don't need the game to create that for me. Mm-hmm. So much so that my what I look for in my board game motivation profile, social fun, I'm in the fourth percentile four <laughs> percent so either that means I don't need to play games with other people or people don't like me when I play games with them um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I feel like I feel like if you're in the like below the tenth percentile, you're kind of like you know the needs improvement so i need to work on enjoying games that create social fun and then cooperation where i was like co-ops can be fun i like the occasional Mm co-op but then i thought about i'm like well i always like being the winner in a co-op i like being the best you know killing the most in zombie side or you know doing whatever adversarial type of interaction i can um nine percent for (laughs) co-op
1: I co-op better than you. so yeah. the yeah. left side
0: of my yeah. my grid is pr- pretty much non-existent. Yeah. like yeah. I, yeah. I, I it have. Sure, is a triangle. Yeah, you have an arrow pointing to the right. That's yeah, like yeah. Um, That's pretty funny. So social fund fourth percentile cooperation ninth percentile. Um, I'm a bad person. That's the takeaway yeah. from <laughs> from that.
2: I don't think you're a yeah. bad person. Gamers who score low on social fun prefer games that don't encourage or reward extraneous social interactions <laughs> and set a more serious tone around the game. <laughs>
1: so, uh, yeah. I guess juxtaposed to tie, I am uh, very high in social fun and incorporation. I'm a 73 and an 89, respectively. Mm. So, yeah, uh, I play games to have fun and, and enjoy uh, a relaxed and and fun social environment while we're playing.
0: You need to retake this though now that you've played three games, four games with Flesh Eater Courts, yeah. Gristlecord yeah. and see the pendulum swing. Yeah.
1: Well, and that's the thing. That's why it's so hard for me. To, like, playing this I think I said sorry to Troy like four <laughs> times and he's like, no, 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 you don't have to be sorry and I'm like, but it doesn't feel Yeah, that. anyway. That's why I'm going to lose uh, at Bruce yeah. and Damon. I'm going to be like, oh, I'm sorry, I'll pull it back. No, let me, yeah. let me, I'll
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So my social phone was only 30%. Um, really? Yeah, so I don't know why. I, guess, I, I think it's, be, and I, maybe I don't know how the questions go, right? I don't know that I'm playing games specifically for social, but I'm usually playing the game to play the game, mm-hmm. and I enjoy that aspect of playing the game and not, because and I think that's what they were saying is the correlation is are you just using the game as a means to have, that's your social interaction. And I don't think so, like social stuff's a little not different for me right i'm not doing it just for the social aspect. i'm doing it for because i yeah. like to play games so i think that's why mine maybe scored a, a little lower and by cooperation i was 58 because i think i i enjoy a lot of, as i look in my shelf currently like i have a lot of co-op games that mm-hmm. uh tend to get to the table a lot um and then see if you guys grab your full one there's also they have like a chance and accessibility secondaries that they also talk to yeah so
0: yeah, I, I highly recommend anyone to sit down and, and take this survey. It takes about 10 minutes, and it really made me think, you know, about why am I doing things? When I when I decide to get together for a game night, you know, why am I suggesting let's play this game versus this game versus mm-hmm. you know, throwing models together to play OS? Like what am I looking for in that experience? And then I love the category. Like when you take a personality test, it gives you generally a name like I'm high conflict and independent (laughs) that to me, like sums it up almost perfectly is I don't need to interact with other people, but when I am interacting, it has to be in conflict. (laughs) (laughs) And then Troy, yours, yours is like perfect too. When I think of what it's like playing a game with Troy,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: immersive and strategic. Strategic. So you want to, you want to dive in, love the theme. And then spend some time yeah. with the brain burn, making yourself get that mental stress.
2: <laughs> and, then I, and then I freeze because I go into <laughs> analysis paralysis. paralysis. And then, Josh,
0: relaxed and gregarious.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So just kick back, have fun, and laugh a lot. Drink a beer. Drink a beer.
2: Mm-hmm. No. I and think, the, the,
1: go ahead. No, I was just going to... I, I, you know, we, we fit into these little bubbles, right? I, I do feel like <laughs> there's a little bit more to each yeah, of us, yeah. right? That, but yeah, there. I think that kind of sums us up a little bit in in our game style. So that's it's
2: it definitely a fun quiz to take, and I'm glad you found it, Ty. Because yeah. yeah, and it's I mean, there's a lot of stuff here. Again, if you get the full, yeah, as you dig down yeah. and do the mm-hmm. full thing, like there's a lot. and then it actually gives you game recommendations, mm-hmm. yeah, um, which I think they're continually to crank. And so like mine. What's interesting, like, um, and it gave me something, like, not that I need to buy more games, but like Spirit Island was what came on top of me. Oh, yeah. That um, was a fun one. Max versus Minions is up there, which I own. King Domino is number three, which I own. Mice and Mystics, I don't, I, that one just doesn't, theme wise, doesn't get me. Azul is on my list. I own that one. Mansions of Madness is on here, which I love, but I don't own. Um, and then Robinson Caruso, which I've never yeah, played, but I've heard like is one. a really good game, and I know Ty <laughs> has it. Um, and Arkham Horror the card game is another one that I don't own but I've heard good things I've got that I've been wanting to play it that would be worth yeah so it was interesting like the the list that came out were all most of them again I think 8 out of the 10 games were things that either owned or I'm really interested in playing so I think that it kind of seems like they're whatever the mechanics are underneath the hood here is pretty cool
1: I don't remember my full list but I remember Zombicide Mm. or Zombicide Black Plague one of one Mm. of the two was on the list so and we definitely like that so or I do anyway.
0: I'm pretty sure Twilight Struggle was online. <laughs> 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 All right. Awesome. So we'll put the link out there. Um, definitely check it out. Take the time and then share share your results on, on Twitter, uh, Facebook, whatever. I think it'd be cool to see you kind know, of where, where other people come in. But it's QuanticFoundry.com uh, and it's their board game motivation profile. So good deal. Let's just keep steaming right ahead. Awesome. Into our play it or slay it review of a little ca- card game called call to adventure. Um, I believe it was Brotherwise games. Yes. Yep. Uh, produced this, um, call to adventure is a hero building card game where you're telling the story of your hero's journey. So, uh, you start the game with your little player board that has room for your, is it your origin, your motivation, background, yeah. motivation, background, and destiny. Yeah. Something like yep. that. Um, and you you draw from those decks and you pick a card that kind of sets the tone, uh, for what you're, you know, were you an outlander? Were you a, a peasant? Were you a soldier? What, what that background was, then what was your call to adventure? You know, um, Did you join the king's army did you become a a thief whatever it may be and then your destiny is the hitting card that's on the the end and the game is played through three acts where you are um, either facing challenges and overcoming them or picking up traits to build to your your three kind of player board cards and then those have symbols on them that either score points, match symbols for endgame scoring, or give you card draws, um, or add to you the runes that you can use exactly. in facing other challenges. Mm-hmm. So in essence, a very, I think, simple game mechanically. You're rolling these runes, right. like these little kind of plastic... Tile thing. Tile tiles, stones. Yeah, tiles, um, trying to score successes to overcome these challenges um and there's a cool mechanic where you can gain uh you can take dark runes and risk gaining corruption but it guarantees a success so you spend experience to get a dark rune you can do that up to three times in a turn and if you roll the moon symbol you actually gain two successes but you lose on like the hero anti-hero track um so I had some fun interactions with, with that yeah. where I was trying to be an antihero because mm-hmm. I was serving in the darkness. <laughs> um, and uh, you can you can manipulate kind of yeah. how many runes you're rolling yeah. with that. But I thought, you know, when we think about um, mechanics, my takeaway was it felt easy. I didn't really feel like I didn't fail much. And I guess part of a hero's yeah. journey, maybe that's a part of it. I I don't know.
2: Yeah. And uh, I keep trying to go back as this is, we went through the rule book a couple of different times now and I'm trying to figure out, like, it does feel like, are we really playing right? Or are we missing one rule that should add a little bit of difficulty? Or maybe not. Cause I don't, cause what would, like in the game we, we played, right? If, if any one of us would have like, kind of stumbled and failed, it feels like you'd be really behind. At least a turn. At least a turn. Right. but yeah. like you really would have been at a disadvantage. So yeah. I don't. Yeah. Like I don't I, know. I'm I still. I'm still not card. convinced that we're playing a hundred percent right. But who knows? it I but a hero it card,
0: if if one of your opponents fails, you may immediately yep. take their challenge. If you're successful, yep. skip your next yep. turn. So like it doesn't let you yep. leapfrog there. But
1: mm-hmm. yeah,
2: there's also a card in there that makes somebody do it twice. I don't. Yeah. do know if you get. You must not. I think it's in the anti-hero one. I, um that if they make it you can play it and then they actually have to roll again to see if they succeed twice I, yeah i mean yeah. it was
0: it felt i don't want to say simple there's a mm. lot going on mm. um and when especially when you're thinking about scoring i think if you looked at it a layer deeper right. and you tried to figure out like me i was i was just building a fun right. story i was like oh yeah i go dive into this you know this abyss yeah. and i save a lost love right and i was building out the events to be more of like a fun story than paying attention to the symbols until a little too late. But, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was fun. It was interesting. The art was really, is really yep. good. Yep. Mm-hmm. I was really impressed with the look and feel of the game.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think the components, I mean, if we kind of run through our list, we usually hit right components. I think are, yeah, really everything in there feels high quality yeah. The card stocks. They're, they're larger cards kind of, uh, what do they call it? Like, uh tarot card tarot that's yep. what I'm, I'm like t name yeah tarot card size hard you know glossy really thick the runestones um, r- are
1: real nice plastic mm-hmm. and you know polished and yeah
2: Yep. so i uh, think the components were all good like you said the graphic design um seemed good i mean we josh is asking us about colors and we're like well we didn't care about colors because they were there's always a symbol uh in addition to colors on on different things yep um, we did have a, li- and most of was a little confusion, on we as we were setting up the very first time to make trying to figure out what all the different card types were. But part of that was just us, not the game, yeah,
1: not, not sorting through <laughs> yeah, all the cards, not like through we the cards yeah. and things
2: like that. Uh, but once we got the hang of that, and uh, thanks to Becca Scott for watching, we were watching a video on the Geek and Fandering. Geek and Sundry, yeah, <laughs> that helped us get through there. So, um, and then theme. I mean, really, the game is theme right i mean yeah. really the whole building thing, the story it's, it's of building your the story yeah um and i don't know um like ty like you were saying i don't it'd be interesting like there is some like figuring out what's your best thing but there's a lot of randomness like because it depending what cards yeah. available and what symbols you have on your cards you have and i don't know that you can plan too far ahead um right and then then somebody
1: takes the card that you were going to go for and yeah yeah, right
2: and just what's there so it seems like there's always going to be a lot of randomness just kind of in the game you might be able to try certain strategies right like i'm really going to try and some of that right i'm going to go dark because that's what my um what's the final i mean your destiny destiny kind of helps you, you you can look at and keep hidden
0: kind of sets the tone for where your bonuses are going to be so like i knew okay i need to do darker deeds i need to get to a point where i'm accrued enough corruption to score these these points
1: yeah Yeah. and i had the opposite going for me um i needed to be the the quote-unquote good guy and you know be uh doing the hero type things and so yeah it was it was funny ty was going all dark and i was going all light and Troy is kind of sitting back there going, oh, I see what you guys are doing. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> and I was trying again to, to move up. The, and that actually that chart, it, again, that it, where it's not super easy to kind of go up either way. Right. And then, and even the dark one that there's an interesting mechanic, like if you, cause it is a little bit easier. Like I'm just always going to throw, like just always throwing the dark dice or runes at it. Doesn't help because if you bottom out, then that actually penalizes you. So it's an interesting yeah. like mechanic, how they have in there. Mm-hmm. Um, To balance and there aren't a lot of things that help you you have to kind of take advantage of a situation to move up and become a superhero or whatever they're calling the the right side yeah
1: yeah i I got lucky and drew a a hero card that let me jump to that did you 13 points yeah it was it was kind of the game winner card for me so yeah um yeah, anything. I don't know anything
0: else. I mean, a, a Kickstarter game. I <laughs> think uh, you know it. it made sense. Um, an expansion coming soon, which which is part of what drew me to right this in the first place <laughs> That's was to talk about that. Pat Rothfuss worked with them to do a Name of the Wind um, expansion, and when you when you're familiar with Name of the Wind and understanding that it's a hero telling about his journey, it made sense. <laughs> Um, so it would be cool to see those cards and kind of mm. see the, the artwork uh, yeah. in that card set. Yeah. Um, but what what was the price point on Call to Adventure? Is that a $40 game? Let me stall while I try okay. and figure that out. So, you know, when we think about the, the product, it plays, uh, what, two to five? There, or there's a solo variant? Uh, two it. to four. I think yeah, it's one, just four. Yeah, one, one to four, actually. One to yeah. four? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, because there's a solo variant, which is interesting. I don't know how much fun it would be to play by yourself. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> what what I thought would be something cool, too, is I know some people sometimes struggle a little bit with character backgrounds for, like, role-playing games. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can roll on charts and pick up traits and stuff. But this would be a cool lead-in to kind of give you an idea of what your character's storyline was for something. Sure, yeah. Beforehand. Um you know, or just to, to flip through the cards even and, and get some ideas. They they captured that element to me of, um, you know, telling a story yeah. through through the gameplay. Um, so for for fans of immersion and theme, that's a uh, job well done by Brotherwise Games. I don't know yep.
1: for for a guy like you that's uh, an in, you know more independent gamer, you might want to try the
0: solo. Well, <laughs> sure. so so what I was going to say is there's very limited player interaction. Um, yeah, yep. you are basically doing your turn and not interacting at all. So, even something like a wrinkle, being able to play an antihero card that interferes with your opponent, there is limited aspects to that. So there wasn't much conflict, yeah, um, at all. You are really just building your player board um, and not
2: controlling the the ebb and flow of anyone else's turn or, or gameplay. Yeah, so. so you are correct. It, it, the base game is forty bucks, and then the um, the with the first expansion was what they had in the Kickstarter that week. That was fifty five to get that plus the King Killer uh, expansion. So it's not bad. Sweet. Um, yeah. yeah, it feels like forty dollars. I mean, yeah, yeah, that feels for the quality of the components built. Right?
0: I know You guys played it twice. Were the play experiences significantly different, or did it feel from a replayability standpoint? Do you think it would run its course pretty quick?
2: Mm-hmm. I don't. I mean, I'm again, we, I played twice and I'm still like, oh, I'd like to like to, I'd like to play again to tell a different story to like, yeah. Yeah. So I think there's a couple, there's a a few more, at least a few more to go to get through. um, Just to kind of tell that story like, oh, I want to have a cool anti-hero story once or I'm going to try and do the super paladin or I'm going to play. Yeah. Like it seems like there's enough variability there that I'm still interested
1: yeah, I had two uh, plays where it it was advantageous for me to be a hero. Um, I, I'd like to try to do a play where it's yeah you're more of an antihero. So, um, but yeah, no, I I thought it was it was it was good. It was a fun game, um, and yeah, the fact that you're telling the story of the hero as as the game progresses is I think kind of cool. Um, sometimes you have you have to pick between you know um, which fate line you're going to go for for a card and sometimes if you're like ah it's sort of a split for me you're like oh well my hero would do this which one which one sounds cooler right yeah, yeah. yeah. so uh, i thought that was kind of interesting uh interesting way to play it so yeah, like one I saw was fall to dark magic. I was like,
0: yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't even right. care yeah. What the icon is?
1: Yeah. Well, you were talking about player interaction. There was that supernatural card, and I saw your eyes kind of light up when it flipped, and yeah, and, and Troy, t- Troy it. buried it for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was a little bit of social, yeah. a little bit of interaction there.
0: All right, play it or slay it, Troy. You already bought it, so I mean you can't buy it again. But where where are you at?
2: Um, like I said, I the fact that. As I after I've played it, I keep thinking about oh I'd like to play it again and try something a little different or, um, or just get a different experience or try it with different people. Um, so I think it's a play it. Um, it'll yeah definitely stay a connect collection. I'm excited for when the the King Killer expansion comes out because I think that's just going to ratchet the theme up yeah even more because then you'll you'll basically every card you'll think you'll probably be like oh that's cool that's this and. Um, yeah, so there'll be even more things that you'll just probably play it because the card looks cool and you don't even care about the <laughs> the symbols on it so
1: Josh, how about you? yeah I'll, I'll play it because um it, it, it there was enough there and the component quality is really good and I felt like there was enough kind of table talk talking about you know your... Um, your story and like kind of you—you were talking about kind of going dark, Ty, and I was talking about going light, and I don't know what Troy was doing over in, in <laughs> his land, but um, yeah, we were kind of talking about the story aspect of of our guys, and I thought that was sort of fun. So, um, and yeah, adding in the of world, I think is going to be super cool. So, I would love to play that. So, yeah, definitely play it.
0: Yeah. So from a replayability standpoint I'm, I'm not sure that the the current version i would see playing more than you know once or twice more mm-hmm. um but what is interesting is i think they have a mechanics and a, a rule set the way the game plays where you can reskin it a lot of different ways yeah and expand you know I, I could see this being like a supers game like superheroes origin story type deal i could see it being you know myths and legends like Greek gods or, you know, I could, I could just see different, different, um, thing, worlds and, mythos, IP and yeah. you know, even like a Cthulhu one, like yeah. with the corruption and the, um, you know, like insanity. I, there's, there's a lot of room where I think the game could go. So, I mean, I, I like what they did. Um, I probably won't buy it. It's not one of those I'll add to the collection, mm-hmm. but I'd, I'd play it again.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And they do have, uh, Brandon Sanderson Stormlight set up as the expansion after um, Rathus, So okay I'll take it back slay it <laughs> what did Brandon Sanderson ever do to you we're going to have him on the show what did the, Brandon the, Sanderson yeah, do to me he yeah.
0: finished the wheel of time when Robert Jordan died Well, that,
2: that's because they paid him lots of money poorly to do
0: it. he finished it poorly
2: that, that's, a, that's a tall order yeah he shouldn't have tried <laughs> You shouldn't have tried. You heard it here first. Wow. <laughs> have you and tried And then the people reading? would be complaining. I know, I know. So, this read. is
0: Plater Slade. Maybe maybe we can do a VOD yeah. Library segment where we talk yeah. about Brandon Sanderson and how bad Mistborn was, too.
2: No, Mistborn. I only read the first two books of Mistborn. I actually enjoyed the first two. <laughs> this. We can have so we can a point, counterpoint. want yeah. play it? Then? No, I'll, I'll still play it. I'll still play it. <laughs> you, t- that was after the review. You notice I waited yeah. till after the view yeah. to wow. throw this in. Because I knew I kind of knew the reaction it might get. I was going so yeah, to push yeah, was,
1: him over the edge.
0: Yeah, Troy knows me.
2: All
1: right. Call so. right. <laughs> all the, all yeah. the adventure, play I,
0: was, it.
2: I was trolling with that. Yeah,
0: three way. play it's uh, for Call to Adventure from Brotherwise Games. Um, available at retailers now. All right. That's going to bring us to everyone's favorite part of the show, where we talk about what we're doing, where we're going to be, what events are coming up. Um, I see somebody added uh, my wedding to the BOD (laughs) news and events. Yep. yep. Um, So May 11th, I'm getting married. Uh, That's, oh, that is close. That is a week away. It might even be like a couple days away at the time of uh, release. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Uh, there'll be a keyforge event. Uh, <laughs> it's the Milwaukee GT yeah. Key Forge
0: event. Yeah. We'll have three AOS tables in the basement. Yeah, there you go. Going, yeah. so bring your armies. Maybe some uh some some D and D.
1: Maybe a one shot
0: zombicide. Yeah. The weekend after though, Bruce City Brawl hmm. twenty nineteen, um, second year of this tournament, sixty players. Um, here in Milwaukee um, at the Crown Plaza down by the airport. May 17th is Friday. We'll be setting up. Then the halls open until 11 for some open gaming. Uh, then the 18th and 19th, five rounds. Super fun. The trophies are all in with uh, what's, what I want to plug real quick is Stone Monk Gamer. Uh, one of the yep. Madison guys did all of the graphics for the labels. So all the trophies are beer bottles and growlers. Um, and Eric uh, did just some really fun art. Uh, for the, the uh, labels for the trophies. So check him out on uh, Twitter at Stonemunk Gamer. He does um, you know character portraits and stuff uh, that you can hit him up to design for like you know your Twitter uh, picture or any other art in, in general. but he's a fantastic dude doing some really good work. <clears throat> then Nexus Game Fair, May 30th through June 2nd. Um, out at the Sheridan. Yep, in Sheridan. Brookfield. In Brookfield. Yep. And uh, Troy, I, I see a little thank you
2: here. Oh, I just want to thank Chris Hoffner. He's always been really good to us as we've uh, gone to that convention and and, uh, and supported that. And uh, this year, too, he actually put me on there. I don't know why. As a featured GM just for running games. He's They're trying to feature some people that have run games throughout the year. So I got to thank Chris for recognizing. Again, I don't do anything out of the ordinary, but. Except I've been doing this a long time. I don't know whatever that. So um, it was a nice. of the and again, if you are in the Milwaukee area, um, it's a convention that's it's moved around a little bit. I think it's trying to find a sweet spot, um, and it'll be interesting to see. I think the Brookfield site might be uh, uh, a good a good spot for it. So we'll see how this year. Rolls I, I think out. so,
0: and I think moving off of uh, Memorial yep, Day is yep. huge. Yeah, and, um, for sure. I think that'll help. Yep. We'll see though. Yep. All right, then, uh, Midwest Meltdown, end of July, July 27th to the 29th, 120-player Age of Sigmar tournament being put on by the uh, just the, the hobby legend um, Domus and his crew in Bloomington, Illinois. They moved to a new venue this year, um, but it will be just incredible. <clears throat> There's a club challenge, and this is the year of the monster, so everybody's got to bring a monster. Um and the when you play in the realm of beasts, there will be uh, beasts, not not monster energy drinks.
2: Oh, I thought I but could but actual
0: go. monster miniatures. So people oh. will be converting up some cool monster models and, and bringing those to play. Right after that, uh a, a couple of days after that, Gen Con, uh Gen Con fifty <laughs> two? Two? two, I Three. think so. Clay Matthews, not anymore. Now it's Rashawn Gary. Yep. Gen Con Rashawn Gary. 52. uh August 1st through the 4th in Indianapolis. Um <clears throat> that will be uh interesting to see how many event catalogs and wish lists people get versus don't get. And then <laughs> Nashcon <laughs> uh a few of us will be going down um from our Milwaukee group for the, David Griffin just puts on a fantastic AOS tournament at um, a larger miniature gaming convention in Franklin, Tennessee, just south of Nashville, August twenty third to the twenty fifth, um, and that will be a a must attend event for this year as well. Looking forward to getting down there, hanging out with Stu, rolling some dice, eating some hot chicken, you know, mm-hmm. doing what you do in Nashville. Amazing. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Um, definitely check us out on Facebook. We've got the Plan and Slan uh, page, Twitter, at Plan and Slain Show, or find all of our episodes and show notes and Troy's hobby musings on basementofdeath.com. And you can reach each and every one of us, Ty, Josh, Troy, info, and intern, at basementofdeath.com if you want to drop us an email and tell us what's what and what we should talk about and show us your miniatures, I don't know, whatever else you can do with an email. All right, everyone, keep the dice rolling, the drinks on ice, and no matter what, keep playing and slaying. As I get closer to 40, I feel like I need to reference older older stuff.
2: Why is that? Because that's what you just do when you're old. <laughs> but how old were you when Max Headroom was even a show? Probably like four. Right. <laughs> so what, what does Troy reference? I only like? remember it because my, my dad would
0: part my hair like sideways like Max Headroom mm-hmm. and then in the <laughs> mirror make me go, Max. <laughs> <laughs>
1: put the sunglasses on? Yep. Yep. So what does Troy
2: reference then? He'd make like, Tom sing Bad to the Bone. What would I reference? Yeah. Like I'd, Gilligan's Island? Howdy Doody. Howdy Doody? No. Well, Howdy Doody do was be Yeah. If it'd be like a reference that Ty's <laughs> Charlie, making, it would be like Howdy Doody. Because that Charlie would be Cha- like something that I never watched. Yeah, It <laughs> was talkies. never on in my childhood. But it was like my parents watched it. and mm-hmm. I w- Like some Shakespeare mm-hmm. in the round? Mm-hmm
1: greek tragedy shakespeare
2: i'm not immortal how cool would it be to be a highlander there can only be mm-hmm. one like not 15. in the not in the tv show yeah and <laughs> switch it all got a little iffy. all right would you
0: rather be in highlander the tv show quantum leap the tv show mm-hmm. or i don't even know macgyver macgyver or no 18 Eighteen. Eighteen Quantum Leap or Highlander.
1: This is easy for me. Should I just go first? Since this is yeah. Eighteen. Yeah, yep. I had eighteen bed sheets as a kid. Of course I loved you fucking eighteen.
0: You, you love it when a plan comes together? Yeah, absolutely. Mr. T was did you like see yourself? Head. Oh, Jesus. so you were a BA bracket? All of them. All of them. No. All of them. Her face? The face. Man. The whole crew. Murdoch? The, the van. Everybody. Yeah. The Colonel? Yep. Everything. Loved it. I was I was a chopper. big fan of face.
1: I slept on one side of the pillow was Mister T's face <laughs> and like t- front half, like top half of the torso, and the other side was the van jumping. It was <laughs> so cool. Yeah. So, so it was dro- like you how- drooled on Mister T, like yeah, or the tires of the van. The t- <laughs> yeah. It was the best.
0: All right, sure. Highlander, Quantum Leap, Eighteen.
2: Now what's funny is I probably watched way more A Team and Quantum Leap than I ever did of Highlander. But Highlander would be my, like, mm-hmm. the one that was the most interesting. I think Highlander, the TV show, is just a little bit, like, after my, my time. So that's it, otherwise, because it was, like, when I was in whatever, probably in my 20s, whatever, 20s, 30s. So I wasn't watching any. Is much it because TV you
1: hate movie. fun and action? Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 Okay. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's just that universe is cool. It, the Highlander universe is cool. I just didn't watch it. So Christopher
1: Lambert uh,
0: was in a movie, one of the first R-rated movies I recall seeing as a kid, uh, called Fortress. Where they were in a high tech prison and they swallowed something that blew up when they crossed certain points. And Red Foreman, Eric's dad from that '70s show, was like the prison warden guy. Mm -hmm. That's pretty great. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Cool story. (laughs) Cool story, bro. Needs more drink. Watch that David Morrow's house. He was like my best friend in elementary school. Nice. Wonder what he's doing these days. A lot of meth.